0: Trevor Alici is Overcritical, sponsored by Big Village Anchovies. The bigger the village, the smaller the fish. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Have you ever had, have you ever had to deal with someone you considered overcritical? Yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to my podcast. This is the inaugural episode. I call myself Trevor. You can call me Trevor. You can call me Al if you want. But typically that's how names work, uh, which is fortunate because I'm hosting a podcast that's named after me. And on this introductory episode, we will be dealing with that word overcritical. What does it mean? Perhaps you suspect that you are an overcritical person. Maybe you've been called overcritical and you've objected to that term. Uh, maybe you don't think you're overcritical, but you have to deal with someone who is. Uh, maybe a family member or a coworker. I've scoured the internet for articles about being overcritical. And I found a couple that are authoritative, thorough, well researched, as you would expect internet articles to be. Uh, so we'll dive into those two articles here in just a bit. But in forthcoming episodes, we will be training our over critical thinking skills onto art and movies and music. Books, poetry, maybe even poetry readings. So that's what you're going to expect from this podcast. I hope you enjoy, and we'll get into our reading material here in just a second. But first, a short break. All right, we're back. And we're going to start with an article titled, How to Know if You're an Overly Critical Person published by Bustle back in 2016. I'm sure you can find the article by searching the internet. You can follow along with me if you like. Um, one of the first things that we learn from the article, this comes from a clinical psychologist who says, and I quote, it all starts with our thoughts. <laughs> Though we may not outwardly seem like a critical person, our inner thoughts and feelings may be telling a very different story. So (laughs) that just got me thinking. Um, Number one, you know, is there a uniform that critical people, overly critical people uh, might wear? Is there a costume of some kind you know, as I'm sitting here today, I'm wearing a long sleeve button up shirt with some slightly faded blue jeans, socks, and a pair of flip flops. <laughs> so I don't know if that if that uh, signifies that I'm an overly critical person. Maybe you know, there's a a blazer I should be wearing. Maybe a lapel pin. I don't know. I'll have to look into it. So after a brief introduction, the article moves on to um, a list of characteristics or qualities. And so it's sort of like you may be over over critical if um, it would be a good time now to introduce a special guest to the podcast to read the list. Um, Jeff Foxworthy, how's it going? (laughs) Oh, no, Jeff Foxworthy is not going to join us today. Uh, You know, it's only the first episode of the podcast. I don't have the cash or the cachet for special guests at this time. So I'll be reading the list. Um, You can imagine Jeff Foxworthy's accent, uh, maybe some jokes sprinkled in. Um, But here we go. The list. Number one. You might be overcritical if you constantly second-guess yourself. Number two, you might be overcritical if you pick yourself and everyone else apart. Number three, you might be overcritical if you don't enjoy anything. Number four, you might be overcritical if nothing is good enough for you. Number five, you might be overcritical if you can't take a compliment. Now, I'm actually going to stop here and focus on this section because there's honestly some interesting information here that I hadn't considered Uh, this information coming from a psychotherapist. And I'll quote briefly from this passage when you're deflecting or dismissing genuine compliments from others, it sets the tone that, A, you're not interested in or don't value hearing feedback from others, B, you can't ever see yourself in a positive light, and C, there's no room for any alternative interpretation other than your own inherently negative one. Uh, Circle back to point A. Um, You know, I never really thought about my inability to take a compliment um as anyway uh disrespecting the person who is giving the compliment. Um I always thought it was just, you know, me either being socially awkward or you know, an attempt at humility. Um, but, you know, it, it is worth considering the other person and what my, what perhaps your Uh, inability to receive positive feedback, might say, about the person giving the feedback. You don't want to disrespect those people. So think about that. I certainly will. It's interesting. And then we'll continue with the list. We're on number six now. You might be overcritical if you worry that if you stop putting yourself down, the world may fall apart. (laughs) You might be a megalomaniac if, but that's a different list. Uh, Number seven, you might be overcritical if you constantly feel irritated. Number eight, you might be overcritical if you complain all the time. And then number nine, you might be overcritical if you avoid expressing your opinion. I don't have a problem with number nine. Uh, hence this podcast. I guess my criticism of the article is that it focuses too, uh, too much. It focuses exclusively on the personal. So you may be overcritical if you are constantly, you know, criticizing yourself or other people. And I don't uh, tend to concentrate my critical thinking skills on people. So it would have been nice to have thought about the issue from, you know, a less subjective point of view. Um, but there you go. So consider the list. Um, you know, think about whether the characteristics apply to you. How many of them may apply to you? Um, and if you want to send me uh, an email about. What your thoughts about the article. (laughs) You'll just have to wait until I actually set up an email for the podcast. And if and when I do that, you'll be the first to know. So we'll take a break here, come back with our second article. Did that last segment end as if I was questioning whether we would return for the next segment? Um... Or questioning whether you would, perhaps. I don't know. Um, How's this going? Send me an email when I get an email address. (laughs) Um, So the next article that I found is brought to us by Medium. And it's titled, Why People Are Overly Critical and How to Deal with Them. They're never impressed, constantly disappointed in others, and sets unattainable expectations. That's the subtitle of the article, and I emphasize the word sets because it does not agree with the noun, um, so I just had to point that out. I don't think it's an unattainable expectation to proofread your article before posting it. But this article, written by a woman who has a lot of letters after her name, not exactly sure what the letters mean MSC, BSC, PMP, um, maybe the SC stands for sociology. Um, but she uh, starts the article by admitting that she herself um, has been an overly critical person in the past, that she is a recovering. Perfectionist. And so she's wanting to, again, give some guidance to her readers on how to deal with people who were once like her, um, how to understand where they're coming from. And so here she says she writes, the key to dealing with overly critical people is basically to use some reversed psychology. So uh, she writes that overly critical people are basically projecting their own insecurities onto others. And so if they're not happy with their job, then they might be critical of someone else's job. Um, If they're not happy in a relationship, they may be critiquing and being critical about somebody else's relationship. Um, so they're projecting their, their fears and their own previous, perhaps, bad decisions. And what the article writer basically says, her, her um, suggestion boils down to empathy. So again, I, I thought this part of the article was interesting, um, that empathizing with those who are overly critical can help you deal with them. The overly critical person is projecting their insecurities. You want to understand what is making them insecure, um, and that helps to depersonalize their criticism. And essentially, the article writer is assuming that the overly critical person is criticizing you, the reader. And so, you're trying to deal with that personal critique by by being empathetic. Um, and so try to focus on the overly critical person try to understand why that person may be saying and doing the things that they say and do Um, and try to get them to focus on themselves rather than focusing their criticism outward essentially it's the I am rubber, you are glue everything you say sticks back on to you (laughs) Nana, nana, boo, boo. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if the empathizing does not work, if trying to redirect their sort of critical um, opinions back towards themselves doesn't work, then the writer says, you know, remove yourself from the situation uh, limit Your Exposure to the Overly Critical Person. I'm going to try to keep these podcasts around, you know, half an hour. So that's my way of attempting to limit <laughs> your exposure to me. Um, the article writer ends with some questions. Do you know someone who is overly critical? How do you deal with them? And I ask some similar questions Um, recently when I was at a brewery, so we're going to end the episode by sliding right into that Q and A. Trevor Alici is at a brewery and I'm going to ask a couple folks here what they think being overcritical means. Have you ever been called overcritical? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, what do you think that means? Um, I'm usually just called overcritical by women, so maybe I'm just sexist. <laughs> okay. Hey. Oh God. Uh, have you ever been called overcritical? Uh, have I been overcritical? No. Have you ever been called overcritical? No. No one ever calls me anything. Not even collect. <laughs> have you ever had to deal with someone you considered overcritical? Um. No, but that's, I think that's just because, again, I can't enjoy anything because I, so, I think I am so overcritical. So I, think, I, feel, I tend to think people aren't critical enough, and I get bored talking to people because, because the conversation ends too quick. They're not critical enough, I feel like, sometimes. I want to keep talking about a topic, and people, people have nothing else to say about it. So when you say a topic, you mean that you're overcritical, not about people, but about things. Like art and music and movies and such? Yeah. Yeah, I would say that. I think I try to... Actually, I think people are the one thing that I'm the least critical of. Agreed. Uh, I have a reply. You said... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Have you ever had... Have you ever had to deal with someone you considered overcritical? Yeah, you. <laughs> 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 I don't- Person, I ever met my entire life. Okay, so what do you think makes me more critical than. Wait, you said you were not overcritical, right? No, I said I've never been called overcritical. Do you consider yourself overcritical? Compared to the rednecks I grew up with? Yes, absolutely. So if you would consider me even more critical than you, what's the difference? You disagree with everything. You're a contrarian. Okay, I'm a contrarian, which may be a subset of overcritical. You don't like Guns N' Roses. (laughs) 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 It's true. I admit it. I don't like Guns N' Roses. And if you listen long enough, perhaps you'll hear an episode about why I don't like Guns N' Roses. Um, But before we get to that, let's back up. And let me ask myself the questions that I asked the two anonymous participants at the brewery. Have I ever been called overcritical? Well, of course you've just heard it there. Um, but even before then, I've been called overcritical. Uh, just to give you a little bit more about me, I teach. I teach writing and some literature classes, as well as film studies. And in the film studies class, one of the uh, comments I get from students is that I read too deeply into the films that we analyze. And when I get that comment, I direct the students to the credits at the end of the film. And... I asked them, you know, what do these people do? What is their job? Why do they get paid good money? And typically they get paid good money to make decisions about what we see, but also what we don't see, what we hear, what we don't hear in a film. Um, So, you know, you've got tons of people making very minute and exacting decisions In a film, Um, and it's worth examining those decisions, analyzing those decisions. Um, And so, to me, that's what being overcritical means. It doesn't mean that you're negative, Um, it can mean that you come to a judgment that a decision, a choice, was wrong or didn't work for the film. Um, Or maybe it was a great choice. And it's one of the reasons why you love the film. Um, You know, you understand that it maybe is an artistic decision or a decision that, you know, the filmmakers, you know, had the audience in mind and they were appealing to the audience interest or maybe it was just, you know, purely a business decision. Understanding those choices, those decisions um can bring much more awareness to the process of filmmaking and that can add more value to the experience of the film. Um and so in that in that way being overcritical can be positive, I think. Um, can add value to your experience and understanding of a lot of things. So, that's what overcritical means to me. Now, that second question is kind of a trick question. Have I ever had to deal with someone who I consider overcritical? And if I say no, then bingo, I'm the most (laughs) overcritical person I know. Um, But honestly, I've been to graduate school. I've worked in academia. Um, I know a lot of people who are critical about a lot of things, and I don't consider them overcritical. They may have a different perspective than I do. They may look at a certain text with a particular critical lens that I don't ascribe to or that, you know, I don't think rules the day. But I wouldn't consider them overcritical. It just means that we disagree and that's okay by me. And I'm sure you and I will disagree from time to time. And if that's the case, oops, I made you think. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's it. The first episode in the books. I hope you made it through. And if you feel like uh, you need a little snack, don't forget about Big Village Anchovies. If you can't find them, ask the local grocer at a store near you and, um, <laughs> you. um and until next time. <laughs>